2: Teachers are very well suited and trained to execute on the core elements of their job, teaching and connecting with students. They often enter their career because of their passion and ability in these areas. They then receive training on the standards and curriculums for their specific grades, where not as much focused as placed, however, is on the communication with parents. I know from speaking with teachers that these parent communications can often be anxiety-provoking experiences. Teachers are left to figure out what to communicate, how to communicate it, how often, what different parents need. Even veteran teachers have to figure all of this out year after year because they get a new batch of parents and students. Or in this year, new curriculums, new methods of communication, new methods of teaching. Today, we're fortunate enough to have a former teacher who now works with teachers on these types of communications. Welcome, Lindsay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Absolutely. So I started out as a marketing and communications degree. I came from a family of educators, and I was very determined not to follow in their footsteps. But it took me about a single year to figure out that really was uh, my passion and my calling. So uh, I got a degree in education and I taught for five years and then got a master's in school administration and did a little bit of that. Eventually I switched over and uh, joined the ed tech industry. I've been doing that for about the last 12 years. I worked for some amazing companies and currently I'm the vice president of uh, strategy and success at ClassTag.
0: Thanks for being here. And earlier, you just mentioned that you were a teacher and and prior to working at ClassTag, I'm sure as being a teacher and going through that education experience, you were taught a lot about, you know, how to work with students, but not specifically how to work with probably parents and communicating with them. Can you talk a little bit more about like preparing to work with parents and then some of the more anxiety provoking things that you remembered as being a teacher that you weren't prepared for in school?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was very well prepared to go and speak with seven and eight year olds. I had a lot of confidence in that area. I love teaching and working with them, but I was underprepared to have meaningful engagement with parents. So, giving bad news to family members was probably high, very high up on my list of anxiety provoking activities. Recommending a child for testing, having IEP meetings, parent teacher conferences. All of those different activities, I just was really underprepared for and wasn't very successful when I came to those activities.
2: What were some things that you think made those communications so hard?
1: My education really prepared me well for the pedagogy and the tactical skills of teaching, but communicating effectively really wasn't one of the skills that we focused on in that program. So... You know, when you're student teaching, you're not having a parent-teacher conference solo. You're working with a mentor teacher. And all of a sudden, when I graduated and I had my first set of conferences and my first experiences with family engagement, I was a 24-year-old young adult looking at all of these other family members and adults. And I was tasked with giving bad news to those family members at times or news that wasn't always fun to hear. I was much more excited about making people happy and telling them good news and wanting people to like me. And I just hadn't flexed those muscles. And I hadn't had the experience of really learning how to communicate effectively. Um, it was just something that was really taught, but it's extremely important. And I wasn't prepared well for that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. You know, there's whole like business courses on crucial conversations and how to have difficult conversations and how to convey things in a way that doesn't invoke immediate defensiveness or negative emotion from the other side. And so I can imagine that, especially like you said, as a 24 year old, like those are skills that you haven't necessarily, the more muscles you haven't necessarily flexed. And given that there's all these courses, like weeks dedicated to developing those skills, and you haven't had that at that time, I could just imagine that being really tough. What did you do to prepare
1: Honestly, I think back to my first parent-teacher conference, and it was a disaster. I was very confident walking in until I just wasn't. I completely failed to give that honest, real, meaningful feedback that parents needed to hear when they came in. Um, Again, I was just trying to kind of make everyone happy and wanted everyone to feel good, um, which is important, but parents cannot effectively advocate for their children. If they don't have that entire story, if I was only giving, you know, the good news and all the amazing things that were happening in the classroom, they didn't understand those gaps that their children may need to fill. And so we couldn't really build a true, meaningful partnership trying to achieve goals together because I wasn't honest or I glazed over things with some, you know, rose-colored glasses. So I knew immediately after that first round of parent-teacher conferences, that was the skill set that I needed to hone. I left, I, I met with my parents who, again, were former educators. I had them do mock parent-teacher conferences with me. I listened to veteran teachers have tough phone conversations. I sat in on meetings that they were having, and I just listened to how others were doing it, and I practiced out loud over and over and over again and kind of made myself have those tough conversations and asked for feedback from a lot of people until it was comfortable for me to start doing
2: That's impressive that you did all of that work. I think that one of the things you mentioned really highlights the importance of being able to have these types of conversations. And that is the parents being able to actually engage in the two of you coming up with an action plan or three of you, depending how many coming up with an action plan together. It also probably is very helpful so that come report card time, there isn't a surprise because you're still going to grade that student based on what you're seeing. And if you've glossed over the difficult parts there may be a surprise at report card time that then you have to deal with with an even more difficult communication so honing these skills is just so critical
1: you're absolutely absolutely correct
0: it seems like it was very handy that your parents were both educators and that you can turn to them and ask those type of questions you know looking back now if you were going to start all over again with the knowledge that you have today What things would you have done differently to prepare? How would you prepare for these conversations or tools that you would put in place to have more success with parents?
1: Looking back now, I think that I had the wrong mindset. Again, it was really about making everyone comfortable and building relationships, but I didn't think about the outcome or the objective of these conversations and kind of the end goal. And I think parent-teacher conferences and any communication that you have with a family member has a very specific purpose. Ultimately, we are working together to prepare children for subsequent years of education and to help them thrive. And, you know, it's much easier to set up and build a plan with that kind of goal in mind. And so... If we're giving, if I'm giving feedback to a family member and they understand that we have this common goal of helping their children succeed, then we're talking through, you know, here's what your child is doing very well. Here are those holes and those gaps. Let's think through how we can fix that ultimately to stay on the correct trajectory and to be successful. And I think if I'd gone in with that frame of reference from initially, from the beginning, the parent would have understood better. We all would have been on the same page and we all would have kind of had a common goal that we're working towards together.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Reframing the perspective, I think, is something that is critical. And that perspective of working in partnership with the parents to make everybody better and to prepare for future years of success makes a lot of sense. If you think back to any particular skills that came out of maybe your conversations with your parents, are there any skills you would say, yeah, that was a helpful skill to practice or to learn?
1: I can remember my dad and to this day, I still use this and it's so simple, but he would tell me when you're communicating with someone and they're frustrated, it's not usually about you. There's a lot of circumstances that are happening in their world, in their environment, and it's not necessarily about you. So if you hear something or have a tough conversation, take yourself out of that equation and think through how to move forward. I use that all the time. But initially when I was, you know, young and starting out anytime that someone was unhappy or frustrated, I took it to heart. I think the other thing that I learned early on was not to shut down if communication, if we ran into challenges, I think it's kind of like any other relationship that you're in, whether it be with a spouse or a friendship, you know, if something gets tricky, something gets hard or, you know, something going poorly, the worst thing you can do is kind of shut down, not communicate, pull back. And I think that's people's tendency is to kind of protect themselves and avoid some of those anxiety type situations. Um, but I think that is an opportunity to communicate more. Clearly there's something that we need to work on. There's something that we need to solve. So let's talk more often until things get back in the right footing. Um, we're back on that path to making sure that your child is successful. So over communicate, especially in times of challenges.
0: So fast forward today, right? You're no longer a teacher, you're kind of in the business world, right? So, what are some of the ways that class tags are preparing teachers or supporting teachers through its tool to have some communications or have some of these conversations with parents?
1: Our customer success team kind of thrives and kind of gives a lot of best practices to our educators based on this concept of the three Cs. So connect, make it continuous, and have a course of action. So in terms of connecting, I think it can't be surface level connections. You have to Go out of your way to build a real and meaningful conversation and relationship with your families. So I'd love to share with people to set up a welcome call, whether you're teaching remotely, whether you are having brick and mortar classroom situation, have a call with every family member before school even starts. Get to know them, meet them at their level. Are they working from home? What languages do they speak? What are their goals for their children, not just academically, but emotionally? How do they feel comfortable communicating? Um, get them really talking about their child. Um, let them tell you fun stories and never make any assumptions about what their child or their family members like. Really build a true relationship and that's the best possible way to start the relationship on, on the right foot. The second C is that continuous aspect. Make the conversation ongoing. If it's not something that happens on a you know regular rotation, You kind of miss that. I think educators are starved for time and that's usually one of the easiest things to kind of put on the back burner because they're so busy and so overburdened. But if you're kind of developing a schedule um, for how often maybe you figure out a way to talk to every family member once a month, that's really going to make a huge impact on their child's education. And then finally, this course of action concept, I think teachers are the very best at procedures and routines. And just like any other classroom routine that you establish, I think establishing a communication routine with family members gets everyone in the habit and really opens that two-way dialogue to happen well.
2: I like the three Cs. I think that's a, (laughs) first of all, I like things in threes because it's easy to remember. But then the fact that they're all Cs, you know, that uh, I think that's a really helpful way to make it a succinct concept. What are some quick tips that make communications easier easier for teachers to do.
1: Another thing that I always advocate is finding a tool that helps you consolidate. I think you have the letters home in the backpack and the emails and the phone calls and social media. I think people are communicating all over the place these days, which is fantastic. But for even parents that really want to be engaged and really want to be involved in everything. If you multiply that times two or three kids, and suddenly you have information flying at you from every direction, and it's really hard to stay on top of anything. So finding a tool that helps you to consolidate everything into a single place, have a calendar, have communication. And gosh, if I delete an email, I'm never going to find it. I need it all in a single place. So that's one of the things I just love about Class Tag. It's really a place to build an ecosystem that parents can use to communicate and know everything that's going on within the school, district and classroom.
0: So equally, principals and superintendents, administrators, they all play a very important role in this communication back and forth between teachers and parents and getting the best support for students. What would you say to administrators? What can they do to help prepare teachers or to support teachers?
1: I think providing opportunities for ongoing professional development is absolutely critical. Knowing that that's a topic that's not covered as well as it should be covered in most college education programs, I think helping teachers to build confidence in that area, provide different opportunities to learn in that area and to kind of flex those skills is super, super important. I think, you know, oftentimes we give teachers tools and professional development around a specific tool to make their life easier, but some of the soft skills are equally as important to pair with that training as it is to just give them a new tool to use. So I'd say combining all of those together really helps make a difference.
0: And what about parents in this scenario? If you could mold parents to do exactly what you would like them to do so that way the situation is as easy as possible, what would you recommend parents do to help facilitate these conversations and support their children?
1: Respond and I'm a parent on the other side of this, so I'm very guilty of this. I consume the information that um, my teachers are sending. And I smile when I see a picture of my child and I hear all these great things. But I tend to read it and go, oh, cool, this is awesome, I love it. And then on to the next task. Parents, just like teachers, wildly busy. But reinforcing that you're happy to see those engagements, that you love getting those notes, liking the pictures, responding to those emails... Really, that two-way engagement is so, so important. I've heard a lot of teachers um, tell me, you know, I send stuff and parents don't necessarily respond and I tend to not send as much. So I think um, having that cyclical communication back and forth makes a huge difference and really opens the door for better communication.
2: I love that tip because I am guilty of that as well I mean I consume the information I print out the snap words I you know I do the the actions in there but I don't necessarily respond back to the teacher and say that I've done the actions or that I appreciate the information even though I would I think be frustrated if I didn't get it right because I wouldn't know what's going on so I appreciate it a lot and I don't say that um there will be emails going to our teachers this afternoon so thank you (laughs) thank you what about parents who may also be nervous about communicating with the teacher? I mean, I think this is a, a two-way street. And I know for myself, I sometimes go to these parent-teacher conferences and wonder, like I let the teacher lead and wonder, what am I supposed to ask? If I don't know as much about what they're doing in the classroom, what should I be asking about? I don't know the state standards, so what should I be asking about? Any tips for parents there?
1: Absolutely. I remember going to my son's first parent-teacher conference. I think it's been two years, two years ago. I was terrified. Absolutely. I was just as nervous to attend that conference as I was to host my first conference when I was teaching. Um, It was interesting to sit down and kind of be on the other side of the table. It's very nerve-wracking. I think honesty is probably the most important thing that can happen in that communication. Parents are nervous. Teachers may be nervous. It's okay to say, hey, I'm not totally sure what I should be asking. What do I need to know? And just have a real honest conversation, but just start talking. I think taking the role of being your child's advocate is the very, you know, is the other mindset I would always um, remind people. So, you know, the child can't necessarily speak up for themselves or doesn't know the questions to ask. So ask everything to make sure that you're getting to that end goal with that kid. I love the concept of student-led conferences as well when they get a little bit older. I think that's amazing. But in terms of the questions to ask, what themes do you see at home? Do you see things that you may find that they might be struggling with? Ask how they do those things in the classroom. Um, How are their fine motor skills? How is their reading? Sometimes you'll see that it's very different in the classroom than it is at home. Do you struggle to get them to listen at home, but they're sitting down in their classroom all day long listening with perfect behavior? You'd be amazed how many times I would tell a parent, they're amazing. They're so great at school. They have the best behavior, they share so well. And their response was, really? Are you sure? And so, you know, ask all those questions that you may have concerns about. And then my other favorite question is, what's your favorite thing about my child? It may surprise you. You may hear something that you don't know, but it, it can kind of light a spark and get you talking about some things that are really fun.
0: I really like that. That what is your favorite thing about my child? I mean, it really puts things in perspective of why we're here, what we're trying to accomplish and who's at the center of all of this that's going on. Any last thoughts for our teachers or considerations?
1: You know, I just kind of reflect back on my year trying to take care of my kids at home, do remote learning everything that's happening, and I don't know how teachers are doing it. They're preparing lessons for remote learning. They're preparing lessons for blended learning, and they're putting themselves in a very challenging situation every day. And I have always known that I have a passion for teachers, and I'm amazed by what they do. But if any year really stands out as to why Teachers are just the core of our excited. I think that's absolutely evident this year. And I would just say thank you to them. It's been a lifesaver for me personally, and I know for a lot of people.
2: We couldn't agree more. And with respect to the topic of communication, I also think that trying to make it perfect is not what we as parents are looking for. I mean, just sending something out, even if it's one paragraph of your thoughts for the week. I think that's great and we want to build that partnership and so i would encourage teachers to do that i think that you've given us some great thoughts here today for teachers the three c's with connect make it continuous and have a course of action i think that is really critical welcome calls with each family great practical tip that teachers can put into place maybe they're welcome meetings next year in the fall maybe they're welcome calls we don't know either way Welcome and understanding during that time is great. And then when you're in the moment and and someone is frustrated, making sure that you're not blaming it on yourself. You're thinking it's not about you. Take that emotion out of the conversation and continue to center around the child. I think that's great. And then finally, don't shut down when running into challenges. That's an opportunity to really lean in more. I think those are all really great tips for our teachers and for our parents respond to your teacher's content that they're putting out there, whether it's an email, whether it's a call, whatever it is, say you like it, say that you want more. I think that's really helpful. And then asking that great question, what is your favorite thing about my child, which I know we're definitely going to use in our next parent teacher conference. So thank you very much, Lindsay. We've really appreciated having you and your thoughts on the podcast today.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school and subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on the show, we share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog. Thanks to Squad Locker for making this show possible. And we'll see you next week in the Multipurpose Room.